0: Welcome to the Full Press Fantasy Podcast, part of the Full Press Radio Network. I'm your host Kyle Senra, and joining me are my co-hosts Alessandro Senator and Kayla Morton. Alessandro, how are you doing?
1: Pretty
0: good, Kyle. Doing pretty good for a Friday. Awesome, yeah, good Friday. Uh, and uh, Kayla, how are you?
2: Doing good, ready
0: to roll. All right, yeah, we'll get into the part two of our week four preview. Uh, so we did part one. Uh, unfortunately, Kayla couldn't join us, but glad to have you here. Uh, we are going to talk about the Dolphins-Chargers game, so I we figured we'd start with that. So, Kayla, um, and in your grand return, why don't you uh, talk about the uh, Dolphins-Chargers game?
2: All right. I am happy to announce that I finally have a Miami Dolphin that is worth starting this week.
0: Yay! Mm, well, I think um, I know who.
2: They are a sleeper, but... Um, I am going to go with a sleeper for wide receiver Preston Williams. Yeah. Uh, I think he (laughs) has a good matchup with the way the Chargers allow so many yards per game. Um, It it doesn't matter if they win or lose. They still give up a bunch of yards. And with the way that the Dolphins' rush attack is going, um,
0: it's not really going.
2: So uh, he's been the most consistent receiver for the Dolphins with at least six catches in his last two games. And although uh, he has dropped a touchdown in the last two weeks, I think he has a better chance to redeem himself and haul uh, one in this week. He also is the only Dolphin receiver to have a touchdown this year um, and Miami's only touchdown of the year, which came in week one against Baltimore. So I think uh, he has a good opportunity. Um, I don't think the Dolphins are going to be shut out in this game. I think um, they definitely showed some life last week with keeping it a four-point game against the Cowboys on the road at halftime. Um, So it gives me a little bit of hope that uh, they'll start to get a little bit more of their offense together, hopefully. Um, And I think Preston Williams is the best candidate to have as a receiver. I expect his targets to uh, uh, either remain the same or go up. Um, And like I said, I think he has a good chance to get a touchdown. Um, On the Charger side of the ball, obviously I'm going to start Phillip Rivers. Um, I'm excited about his matchup, even though he still has a couple of wide receivers banged up. Um, Even though the Dolphins are doing better with the big play ball, and Rivers likes to target either Keenan Allen or Travis Benjamin. I know Benjamin's a little banged up, but um, likes to target them in those options. I think the Dolphins, even if they give up, one, they're not going to give up as many as they would have been uh, pressed with in the first couple of weeks. So I'm excited about that. And Rivers is showing a lot of promise with dumping the ball to Austin Eckler and targeting Keenan Allen, the mo for the most received uh, most receptions for a receiver in the NFL. Keenan Allen has 42, um, and I expect his targets to just continue to grow and be kind of around that 17. 17- Mark again, just because the Dolphins struggle with covering up holes in the offense and Keenan Allen is proving to be one of the best receivers in the league this year. I feel like he kind of flies under the radar a lot, Um, even though he's drafted pretty highly. um, I think he really has a chance to be uh, one of the top five receivers in the league this year, given he stays healthy. Um, So obviously I'm going to start Keenan Allen as well. And I'm also going to start Austin Eckler. I know there are reports that Melvin Gordon were coming back this week, um, but head coach Anthony Lynn said that Gordon will not suit up for the Dolphins game. His earliest return would be week five next week. Um, so if I'm Austin Eckler, I'm pretty pissed off because uh, Eckler is the fourth best running back in the NFL this season. He has 38 carries for 160 yards on the ground with two touchdowns and 19 receptions for 208 yards and two touchdowns for the air. Um, so he's He's carrying the team when it comes to production, either on the ground or uh, in the air. He's a reliable receiver for Rivers, and he his stock is just going to go up with the way the Dolphins defense is playing. And uh, if I'm playing that good and uh, my head coach is telling me that someone who's holding out on a contract extension, who doesn't need to be, is coming back and is going to take my spot, I'd be pretty pissed off and I'd want to show that I deserve to be the starting running back, at least in a committee approach um, and not just be pushed back to receiver just because Gordon reported back to the team. Um, With that being said, I'm also going to start the Chargers defense. I mean, Miami hasn't shown me anything that says they're going to put up a lot of points on the board. I think this is their best chance in four weeks to score. Like I already said, Um, but you know, it's whoever's in at quarterback most likely going to throw an interception. Um, Whoever is rushing the football, most likely going to fumble. Um, the Dolphins receivers are going to drop passes. They don't have a tight end. Um, I think the Chargers defense has a good chance to. Uh, if they don't necessarily keep the score, you know, within, um, with them below 10, that's okay. I think they're going to make up for it on turnovers. Um, so I would definitely start them in all formats. And you can probably pick them up on the waiver wire. That's what I did. Uh,
0: just to kind of add to the idea of, you know, for sure starting Eckler and uh, Keenan Allen, uh, just announced on Rotor World about uh, about a half hour ago, Mike Williams is out for the, the game against the Dolphins. And also Justin Jackson, the running back, is out. Uh, that's just going to mean with, you know, Gordon not being there yet, all the carries are going to go to Eckler. And then, uh, as for, I mean, Keenan Allen was already going to get a huge target share no matter what, so that's probably not going to change too much. Uh, what this helps though, I think a guy like Travis Benjamin with Mike Williams out suddenly becomes playable. He's going to see a lot of the field, I think. And then maybe even Dontrell Inman in, in deeper leagues, uh, just even looking at the snap counts from last week, uh... So last week, Mike Williams actually played 93% of the snaps. But then the week before, when he only played 61%, kind of dealing with that injury where he left a little bit. Uh, Travis Benjamin played 66%. John Trollinman, 57%. So I don't know. I, it feels like it's going to be those two on the field in three wide receiver sets. May see more Virgil Green at tight end and maybe some uh, Sean Culkin do some two tight end sets. But yeah, I'd be pretty confident playing Travis Benjamin for sure this week. And I love the Preston Williams call. Uh, looking at Dolphins' red zone targets... Can you guys guess through, uh, through three weeks how many passes they've thrown in the red zone? Nope. 14.
2: That's my guess.
0: They've thrown seven. Oh. They, I, I know week one, uh, they were completely held out of the red zone. Actually, week two against the Patriots, they were completely held out of the red zone. They couldn't even sniff uh, close to a touchdown. Yeah, they've only thrown seven passes. Five of those seven red zone passes have gone to Preston Williams. So he clearly seems to be, and it doesn't matter who, whether it's Fitzpatrick or Rosen, Preston Williams is the guy in the red zone. So if they're going to score touchdowns, it's probably going to be him scoring them. So I do like that call, especially because Casey Hayward for the the Chargers top cornerback, he's also uh, questionable. Uh, so, yeah, so it might not be uh, the Chargers might be a little short uh, staffed here. And uh, as much as I still think they're going to win, actually, and even more report, sorry, Travis Benjamin is considered doubtful. So now suddenly, I think Dontrell Inman is almost a must-play. With all the, with all these injuries around, he's probably going to see a ton of targets, and he's probably available in leagues. I might even go look right after this podcast, try to pick him up some spots. So yeah, Dontrell Inman. Yeah,
2: I, I don't want to cut you off, but Virgil Green is also out for a groin injury. um, So that leaves them on their third string tight end. I've never heard of Sean Culkin in my entire life, but he's slated to start with Lance Kendricks to uh, back him up. I don't know if a fourth tight end really backs up a third tight end, how successful that's going to go. But um, Eckler and uh, Keenan Allen are really going to be the only people um, who usually play that are going to be in um, and I do like a Dontrell Inman call. I actually didn't think about him. So
1: I'm glad you brought that up. Hey, hey, hey. Both of you stay in your lanes. Injury reports are what I do. Thank you very much. Well, then get to it.
0: Uh, Son- Sean Culkin? Okay, just... All right, well, I'm going to talk numbers then. Sean Culkin has one career catch. <laughs> yep. So, uh, I mean, that might change. I think he's, I think he's probably going to catch some balls in this game. But uh, I don't know that he's... I mean, I know tight ends kind of you're some people who are really desperate tight end i don't know if you're that desperate though it, I, it's a great matchup maybe if you're really stuck and there's no one else and and you you know you've you've kind of gotten screwed maybe you ha, you know you had hunter henry and then you had vance mcdonald and suddenly all these injuries keep piling up on you maybe but i don't know i think there's probably better tight ends out there i'd just
1: like to point out that they are digging deep because if justin jackson's out and melvin gordon's not playing a running back it's now pope uh Tremaine Pope. Mm. And um I wish the Chargers would have kept new Newsome. I'm mad about that so much. But uh now he's the backup so I know Austin Echo is gonna get primary touches, but um who knows? Maybe in deeper leagues you play Tremaine Pope. But um there, there are some other questions. Travis Benjamin is doubtful like you guys said. Michael Bagley is out again and um uh uh what call it linebacker drew uh, tranquil he's questionable to play so and they're not that uh deep at linebacker core but outside thomas davis so um there could be uh some more who knows the dolphins may actually win this game if all these people keep going out what a bold call oh my god yeah well, no, no, i never send that i can't i can't condone that
0: <laughs> okay well let's uh before we it. Get too emotional about the Dolphins and Chargers. Let's talk about the Buccaneers and Rams. So in this game, uh, I guess that unless you want to do the injury report, uh, I think one thing that's major though is Chris Godwin hasn't practiced yet this week. So that there's uh, you know, and and if if he does play, uh, he might see Marcus Peters, which could be good for him uh, since Marcus Peters, we know he can't cover man; he's strictly a zone guy. Um, As for on the uh, I guess the other receiver that would kind of step in his place would be Rashad Perryman. And he practiced in a limited fashion both days. And at least being out there probably, it gives him definitely a better chance, I think than Godwin has of playing. Uh, no other fantasy relevant players for the bucks for the Rams. It's just Tyler Higby. Uh, he was coughing up blood a couple weeks ago. And you know, of course in the NFL that doesn't mean too <laughs> that's not too serious apparently. Cause he uh, started practicing this week and it sounds like he's going to play. Any hope that uh, Gerald Everett was going to build on all the targets he was getting, I think that just goes by the wayside now. And I think both, with when both in the lineup, I don't think either are worth playing. Certainly uh, the main receivers in this game are definitely worth playing. I think uh, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, if he's playing, I think you play him. But uh, that's to be monitored. Uh, Brashad Perryman, though, becomes interesting if Godwin's out. Uh, I certainly like, in this case, though, uh, O.J. Howard, if Godwin's gone i think Howard's second in line for targets so i think this is this is a week to play him i know he's had some disappointing performances but it's i think the best is yet to come for him and it could start this week heck even if Godwin's out i mean this might be if, if Godwin's limited in any fashion and they don't want to overburden him cuz he tends to play like 90% of the snaps when he's out there so um yeah 91 95 96% so he's he's on the field all the time so even if he comes back they may you know go down from that a little bit and have him on the field only half the time. That's just going to increase OJ Howard's attention from Jameis Winston. I think so. I, I like playing Howard this week. Uh, Todd Gurley is interesting because I think the Bucks, if I'm not mistaken, they're really close to the top in uh, fantasy points allowed for. Yeah, they're, they're sorry, they're towards the bottom. They're uh, second. They've allowed the second fewest points to running backs this year, and they've played good backs like Christian McCaffrey, and they really limited him uh Barkley obviously there's an injury there so that's not it's tough to credit them with that with them stopping him but uh it's not as much as I would have thought this was good i don't know that this is an automatic matchup for Todd Gurley um I know it, it he's kind of he's not catching enough passes so it almost he almost does kind of become a touchdown dependent guy they still haven't allowed a running back to score a touchdown yet so uh take that as you will but uh i don't know i'm I think Gurley's more of a maybe for me, just because he is—he does have the ability to do so well on a, on a week-to-week basis. But I, I'm worried. Uh, I, I do have pretty good confidence in in Jared Goff, though. The Bucks' uh, passing defense is not uh, not the same. They're more middle of the pack. They've allowed the 14th most points to quarterbacks this season. So, uh, and considering how well the run defense is, I think that it's just going to force the the Rams to pass the whole time. So, I like Goff in this matchup and. Uh, I suppose Winston's doable in a a super flex league. I don't know if a single quarterback league gets too risky with the Rams. I mean, the Rams have allowed the third fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks through three weeks, and a lot of that is due to their pass rush. The Bucs do not have a good O-line, so Winston's going to take sacks. He's going to throw interceptions. So again, super flex, maybe. Uh, It's more depending on who else you have. Uh, Really, if if, let's say you had had Jimmy, I know that's, that's a scenario I have where, Jimmy Garoppolo, Winston are my QB 2 and 3 there. Obviously, I don't have Garoppolo, so I kind of have to go with Winston. But otherwise, if you if you can afford to go away from him, I would. Uh, anyone want to chime in there? I yeah. would. Well, you go ahead, Kayla.
2: Okay. Um, I just wanted to touch on Mike Evans a little bit. I'm worried to play him. I think I will end up playing him, but I'm afraid that he's going to bust this week because um, in the last two games, I know that Freddie kitchens. There's some questionable things going on in, in Cleveland, but the Rams held Odell Beckham and Michael Thomas to 16 catches and no touchdowns. So while they're getting the ball, they're um, they're uh, just they're not scoring against the Rams, and uh, obviously that that brings up to the point where you know your your quarterbacks have to throw to somebody. But if they're not getting into the end zone, it makes them harder to want to be a must start. Um, and both of them have a combined, I get the math, 145 yards. Uh, Michael Thomas, no doubt Beckham, that's that is. Um, and they've also dropped, dropped, both of them have multiple drops against the defense. Um, so while, you know, Evans after last week had 190 yards and three touchdowns, which is ridiculous, um, I think he might be like a number three receiver or maybe even a flex option. I don't I don't think he's a must start because of what the Rams defense has been able to do. Um, and I just I don't think Jameis Winston is very good. Last week was his best chance in the first four games to show that he deserves to be uh, starting quarterback but his seat has to be the hottest quarterback position in the NFL in my opinion um, like you guys said uh, he's going to take sacks their offensive line isn't very good they don't really have a run game I think this game gets pretty ugly pretty quickly uh, for Tampa Bay so he might you know do decent and garbage time but as far as keeping this game close, I'm gonna be shocked if Tampa Bay keeps up with the Rams in any fashion
0: uh, I do kind of like that though Temporary expectations with Evans I mean he's going to be covered by Aqib Tlaib And he is one of the best in the league So uh, last week everything set up so perfectly For Evans to have that explosion I definitely don't expect three touchdowns out of him And like you said I mean It may not even be realistic to expect one um, Which I think means Again more chance that a tight end Is going to get a touchdown there if anyone's going to get it Co- Either Hojay Howard or maybe Cameron bray um but yeah i I agree that i don't think evans is gonna have that same type of appeal that he he had last week uh anyway alessandro you want to talk to us about the seahawks and the cardinals
1: i will after this um well i I do need to throw this out there because this is it's not fantasy relevant directly i should say um chris godwin uh he practiced along with uh ryan jensen they practice for the first time, um, you know, today. It, it's huge. I mean, I doubt they're going to play, but if they could get uh, Ryan Jensen and Chris Godwin back, that's definitely going to help the offense to a degree. It's still James Winston in the center. Um, Vita Vey, their draft pick from a while ago, last year I think, or two years ago, something like that. Um, he also practiced for the first time today. Um, this was broke about four hours ago. So uh it has to be a day. But um Devin White, their uh guy from the draft this year, um and Jamal Dean, their cornerback, still didn't uh, play. Uh so um as far as the Rams go in this game, they're definitely gonna have a huge day. <laughs> but um the, the the offense will begin better. Um just not this week. Obviously one, because it's the Rams, and two, because they're still down some people. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to play, but they're definitely they're trending towards going to play soon, which is huge uh, considering we like fantasy points and they could get fantasy ah. points. So I had to throw that out there. Um, I had the news broke, but, you know, you know me. I like my injury report. It keeps okay. you honest.
0: Well, fly us over to the the, the West Stop. matchups and uh, Seahawks and Cardinals. <laughs> All right. Um. So
1: Seahawks Cardinals. Um. It is in Arizona on um, Sunday, which is uh good. Same side um of the United States. So as far as you know, them messing with your uh, East Coast West Coast teams, that kind of thing, it's not going to be too much. Uh. Seahawks. They had a pretty good game last game. I was pretty mad because I benched Russell Wilson, but uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He had himself a day. Um as far as the game, they lost and uh, losing in a very bad fashion against the uh, New Orleans Saints. Um it, it seems like there's been a lot of misfortune as far as the DB group with um um what you would call it uh with the Seahawks stemming all the way back to the game against them last year where uh, Earl Thomas went out with a broken leg. And gave Pete Carroll the middle finger. Like, they, 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 they haven't lost to Seahawks since. Um, the Seahawks haven't lost to the Cardinals since 2012. But here's the thing. Like, it's, it's been getting closer. The game's been getting closer. And with Kyle Murray coming to his own, it's definitely uh, definitely looking like a different game. Russell Wilson had phenomenal day. 200, 406 yards, two touchdowns. It's looking more like a passing game than a run game. Chris Carson is looking to be very disappointing. And with the Cardinals secondary being just god-awful and surrendering so many points to Kyle Allen against the Panthers, I mean, granted, it's only um, 261 yards, but I I can't help but feel like this is going to be just a shellacking of the highest order. Like, it's Kyle Allen who's a backup versus Russell Wilson, the magic man, who's actually a, a starting NFL quarterback caliber. It's, it's not going to be pretty. So Cardinals' woes are still going to happen, so expect big things from uh, Russell Wilson, but not so much from Chris Carson. I, I would bench him um, or at least keep him in the flex, depending on where you draft him. He's not been doing great. CJ sites you know, he's been getting carries. Russell Wilson... been the the main rusher because it's Russell Wilson. He could do it. Um, But Chris Carson, he's just not been looking good, and he's been fumbling a lot. So I would uh, temper expectations against him. And then, um, uh, whatchamacallit, as far as um, uh, the receiver core, obviously you're still going to play Lockett. Um, He got listed on the injury report um he was limited practice but it's looking like he'll play also dk metcalf was in uh list on the injury report he was limited practice but it looks like he may play uh we'll know more once the friday report comes out um the seahawks will the defense for seahawks which i strongly suggest people play um will not fe- uh feature ziggy um he, he he's out with the back injury um Quentin Jefferson will not be playing and uh that's about it as far as um their thing but they will get back Tedrick Thompson their safety so lose some up front get some in the back and that's good against Kyle Murray um who can run the ball and he did better than David Johnson he eight carries for 69 yards versus David Johnson's 11 carries for 37 yards so um Kyle Murray is versatile but uh it's, don't, it's going to stop him up front. So I'll expect a bunch bigger day from David Johnson than Kyle Murray. Um, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitz, I'll play them. Anyone else, you are shooting yourself in the foot because um, this is going to be a shootout on the Seahawks side. The Cardinals' safeties and corners cannot protect to save their life. I mean, when you surrender 261 yards to a backup quarterback who's only been on the team, well, who's been – Practicing with first stringers for about two weeks, and you just let that happen—that's that's not good. You can't you, you you can't do that. So I would definitely um, um, uh, David Johnson, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitz, and the majority of Seahawks, but uh, except for uh, Chris Carson, is pretty much who I would play. Demir, off of
0: that. Um, I like your Chris Carson
2: call. I think uh, it's something to monitor because Rashad Penny, according to head coach Pete Carroll, who's been dealing with a hamstring injury, has a chance to return this week. So if he does return, I think Seattle will punish Carson for his fumbles. He has one fumble in each game this season so far. Um, Pete Carroll did say, quote, uh, because we believe in him, we're going to continue to show him that, end quote, when referring to uh, Chris Carson. So while, you know – it seems like he still has the support from the coaching staff, which is important. At the end of the day, you're there to win football games. So if Rashad Penny's going to keep the ball in his hand and Carson shows that he's going to fumble each game, uh, I think if you're Seattle, you take some carries away from him if Penny plays and uh, kind of punish him for that and make him prove himself. Um, and then one person that you didn't mention, which I think, uh, even though you said to start a bulk of Seattle's players, you have to mention Will Dis, tight end. Um, yes. For me, he's a must-start in all leagues. Um, I looked it up, and the Cardinals have allowed at least 25 PPR points to T.J. Hawkinson from Detroit in Week One, Mark Andrews from Baltimore in Week Two, and Greg Olson from Carolina in Week Three. Um, so, just like you were saying, they can't their their cornerbacks can't cover to save their life. Um, that's absolutely true, especially when it comes to tight end. Um, Disley has three touchdowns in his last two games. I know last game against New Orleans, it came as time expired in garbage time. However, that tells me that no matter what the game situation is, Russell Wilson believes in Will Disley to catch a football. And he's looking for him in the end zone. He's looking for him for the long touchdown passes. And I think he's their number two wide receiver only behind Tyler Lockett.
0: I love that call, Kayla, because uh, now that Nick Vanette's gone, especially that really adds things there because they were splitting snaps. Uh, even last week, it was 55% Disley, 31% Vinette. No Nick Vinette, And I know Luke Wilson, I think they signed him this week. But I don't know that he's going to do too much this week. So I could definitely see Disley being on the field, starting to get up to the 70% mark. Uh, and Just to piggyback on what you're talking about, the Cardinals uh, tight ends, those three performances you mentioned, I think are three of the top five performances all season to tight ends. So three of the biggest games that tight ends have scored of the top five have come, three of them have come against the Cardinals. Uh, Maybe even number four here. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, Looking at average points per game allowed to tight ends. In half-point PPR leagues, the Cardinals have allowed 25.43 points on average. The next highest team... Is the Bucks and the Chargers, and they're both at fourteen point eight three, and then it's all really close there. But it's a massive gap between the Cardinals and the rest of the league. They just, they just can't do anything against tight ends. So yeah, I think Disley's my favorite play in DFS this week. I know we tend to focus more on redraft, but daily fantasy sports because his price isn't. I know on Yahoo his price is really not that outrageous at all. Uh, it's in the kind of the middle of the pack, and I, I think he's. He likely could be the tight end one this week overall. I think he's got a, a you know, obviously Kelsey has the, maybe the best chance of doing that on a week-to-week basis, but outside of Kelsey, I don't I don't know that I'd really bank on anyone else. Kittle's got a bye week, and Ertz already played last night, and we'll get to that after our game previews. But uh, yeah, I, I love Will Disley. And uh, just talking about Chris Carson, the Cardinals have allowed the, I think it's the 20, they've allowed the 22nd most fantasy points to, so they're bottom 10. Uh, in terms of uh, production to running backs so yeah I, I like that I think I'd still play Chris Carson, I've got him in a couple leagues. and I think I still am going to play him especially if Rashad Penny's out and that's going to be something to monitor unfortunately that's a 4 o'clock game so we may not get all the information now if Rashad Penny doesn't practice today I think that's a pretty clear sign that he's not going to play I I'd, I'd still have pretty full confidence
2: okay. in. Oh, uh, I was just saying I agreed, sorry
0: oh okay uh, yeah, and uh, I think that was it. I, I just the one thing Demaryius Bird is doubtful, and he's been playing ninety plus percent of the snaps for the Cardinals. Uh, eighty eight percent, ninety three percent, ninety six in each of the first three weeks. So suddenly, someone like Keyshawn Johnson, or maybe even Andy Isabella, I know I'm like that for sure. Maybe those guys get more play on the field and uh, start to get more targets. But yeah, I think you definitely could want to play David Johnson. Definitely want to play Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk because the Seahawks secondary is not that great. Kind of like the Cardinals. This could—it's funny because we're used to seeing this uh, NFC West divisional matchup be like super defensive. I mean, I, didn't we see a, a you know a six-six tie a couple of years ago where neither team could could even get a second field goal or a third field goal? Uh, this might end up being a big shootout because I don't know that the defenses are nearly what they were beforehand. Uh, Kayla, why don't you talk to us now about the Jaguars and Broncos?
2: Yeah, so this is an interesting matchup. I think last week Gardner Minshew really showed, the quarterback for Jacksonville, really showed that um, he deserves to be looked at in a fantasy format and for other teams if they are in trouble with starting quarterbacks. Um, I, really liked, I really liked his play last week, trying to bring up his stats. Um, I know that... Uh, Let's see. Sorry. Uh, last week he had at least 24 points in standard leagues for fantasy. He had, even though he had just over 204 yards, which was the least amount of yards he's had in the three games he's played this year, um, he did have two touchdowns. and. Uh, carried the ball four times and kind of made one of those decisions on a first down when nobody was open to rush for the first down. So I think it really shows his um, awareness. I'm kind of concerned with Jacksonville traveling to Denver and facing uh, the third best pass defense that Denver has. But I'm not super sold on Denver uh, as a football team. So I think even though they're ranked high in pass defense, they're um, not super great in rush defense. Um, so I think that gives a play for Leonard Fournette this week, possibly. And I'm sure Kyle will have some comments about that. And Alessandra, too. But um, <laughs> I think I kind of see this game as a low-scoring game. I know Emmanuel Sanders is injured for Denver. Um, so I don't expect there to be a lot of scoring in this game, just with the way the, the – um. Offense has struggled for Denver, and the defense has struggled for Jacksonville. Um, I know they did well against Tennessee last week on Thursday, and they've had a couple more days to rest. Um, But as for Jacksonville, I think Fournette could be – he's not your running back one of the week, but I think he is worth a start um, despite him struggling to run the ball forward last week. Uh, I think that that changes against Denver. As for wide receivers, I'm a little nervous about DJ Chark, who seems to be Gardner Minshew's favorite target, uh, just because um, he's been great through three games. But uh, the Denver defense has held Allen Robinson and Devontae Adams for Chicago and uh, Green Bay, Uh, both receivers less than nine PPR points, which is kind of amazing based on how Denver is performing as a whole. Um, so I think Chart could struggle, especially because it's on the road. Um, and that goes for all of the receivers in Jacksonville. Um, on Denver side of the football, I think you have to play Phillip Lindsey. Um, I've been a big advocate of him ever since week two last year when I picked him up from waivers. I've been cheering for him ever since. Uh, I think he he's proving to get the touchdown carries um, and the touchdown attempts. I think Denver is um, more favorable of giving him the football in order to do that. And I think this week, uh, his pass catching, even though I think Royce Freeman is a little bit better, um, and when it comes to passing, I think that Denver is going to need him to be able to run and make a difference on the ground. Um, I think his touchdown opportunities will still be there. And I think Lindsey has a chance to be one of the biggest difference makers in this game. Um, I'm nervous to start Joe Flacco, even though Jacksonville's defense has been a little suspect. Um, I don't think either quarterback for either team is a must start. Um, I'm not sold on Noah Fant at tight end for Denver again. I'm not going to start him. Um, I don't think there's many sure starters in this game. I think I would go with the running backs for each team in my lineup this week.
0: Um, So yeah, I guess I I could say something about Fournette. Uh, What I do want to talk about is DJ Chark, though. Uh, so John A at, or sorry Josh A. Wow, really bad. Big his big moment. I ruined it. Uh, his Twitter handle is at Josh, T A T E A, Josh T A uh, T. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce that. But anyway, he uh, he asked a question actually uh, in regards to one of uh, our articles from Full Press Fantasy Sports, talking about he picked up DJ Chark and he was wondering if he should play him and he gave his other options. Uh, he has Philip Dorsett. Tyrell Williams, James White, John Ross, and Chark. So, of course, all those are kind of flex options. And honestly, looking at it, I think Chark was one of my most, I th- maybe even the most immediate no on that, just because he's going to end up having a Chris Harris on him. And Chris <coughs> Harris has actually shut down receivers pretty well. Like, Devontae Adams only caught four passes last week. Uh, Alan Robinson only caught, I think, about four passes the week before with Chicago. So, Harris has been kind of really shutting down guys on the outside. So, I, I, I mean... I don't think DJ Charks as talented as either Allen Robinson or or DeMonte Adams. I know he's good. And I I know he was a second round pick, but at this point, and considering the quarterbacks played, I don't know. I just, I'd have a hard time playing Chark this week. And then, and then because he's Minshew's favorite target, we'll see. Maybe Minshew has to learn to lean more on other guys like Chris Connelly. But you're right, Kayla, it is kind of a scary proposition. I like playing Leonard Fournette. Uh, I mean, Aaron Jones did score two touchdowns against them. His yards (sighs) for carry weren't very good. Uh, so there is concern, but Fournette gets volume. And uh, I know you guys kind of ran a bit of a victory lap last week, but uh, I, I think I got the last laugh because uh, looking at it, Leonard Fournette finishes the RB20 last week, which means he was worthy of being an RB2. So my instinct to start him turned out to be right. I started him over Fre- uh, Devontae Freeman in a league, and that actually turned out to be good since Freeman, even though he played 90% of the snaps, didn't do anything. Uh, and I, again, I wouldn't hesitate to play Fournette this time. And maybe the only Jags player that should be played on the Denver side. Uh, I don't know. Even them, it's scary because the Jags defense, I, I wouldn't call Sanders an automatic start. He got shut down last week by Jair Alexander. So I think Jalen Ramsey could do that. Maybe Cortland Sutton. Then is the case unless they decide to put Ramsey on Cortland Sutton. He seemed to, he got open a couple times against Kevin King. So uh, I also don't trust Noah fan yet as a rookie. This is a, he's, he's showing signs, but he's not quite there yet. I don't think, uh, might be tough to trust him at all this year in fantasy. I love him in Dynasty because I think long-term he's a, is a great player. But for right now, rookie tight ends, for the most part, struggle. And I, I don't know, I'd I have a hard time. And in, in, in redraft leagues, I don't know, Fant might even be droppable. Uh, I know I'm toying with that idea in one particular league. I end up with Will Disley. So at this point, I'm pretty sure at tight end there where I don't think I'm ever going to play Fant. So if, uh, if I need to pick up someone for in depth in another position, I, I don't think I'm gonna, it's going to stop me from dropping, from dropping Fant.
1: Yeah, no, Kyle. You don't take the victory lap just yet. Um, who, who, who were all the people that you said in, that, um, in his lineup?
0: Oh, um, he said he had James White, Philip Dorsett, Tyrell Williams, John Ross, and then DJ Chark. Over who? Well, that's, those are the options, right? Those are his flex choices. I guess he's got his running backs and wide receivers. Set. He's stuck at flex, right? Do you go with either the Patriots and Dorsett or White? Do you go with Tyrell Williams or do you go with John Ross and, or DJ Chark? But again, I'm thinking Chark's the least likely for me.
1: Um, I would go with Tyrell Williams. I mean, a little biases here. I like the man, especially for the uh, Colts. But the Colts have a weak secondary. Not as weak as uh, the Cardinals, that's for sure. But Tyrell Williams, you know, uh, he he's been trending upwards, and with the Colts having problems in their secondary already, um. Can't um, Put I'm pulling up all the rankings uh, I'm pretty sure the Colts are in the bottom uh, Of the pack as far as yardage allowed for NFL wide receivers um, And if if they, if that's the case then Tyrell Williams is definitely a start because I mean granted it's the Cardinals probably um because they've just been terrible sorry gonna help myself um there we go so for um total yards allowed passing yards for the defense the number one team is the cardinals obviously
0: um, yeah shocker yeah right i'm um, I, honestly I'm surprised it's not the dolphins but I think they've probably allowed the most rush yards.
1: Oh well, no, that's
0: rushing. Oh,
1: hold on, hold on, I lied. All right, so the team that allowed the most in the NFL right now is the New York Giants. They have allowed three hundred and thirty-two passing yards per game. The next most yeah. is the Philadelphia Eagles, who've allowed three hundred and twenty-three. Then the Steelers, then the Saints. Ooh, that's could be good for the Saints team. And then it's the Dolphins. there you go, Caleb. And then so where are right, the Colts, then? The Colts are middle of the pack. Okay. They're, they're, they're more on the... I think they're like 20th. Yeah.
0: The thing he also mentioned about this league is that it's non-PPR, right? So it, with standard leagues, you look oh. at a guy like Tyrell Williams, who is more of a deep threat, and I don't know, he he'll he, it doesn't take him a lot of catches to get yards, so that helps in a, in a non-PPR setting, as opposed to... Because my instinct there was actually James White. Go with the running back, especially... Uh, but again, we don't have all the information. I want to see what happens if Julian Edelman's out or not for the Patriots. I know we talked about this on our, our last episode, Alessandra. But if he's out, it, I definitely love the idea of playing either Philip Dorsett or James White. Uh, but if he's in, then, it's, uh, then it becomes trickier, especially in a tough matchup against the Bills. Although yeah, I think... No, I'm still in the You see, I don't know. I think this is more about James White's game. It, uh, if if their ba- Buffalo pass rush is really that powerful, I think they're going to have to dump the ball off a lot. Who's the best pass-catching running back? James White. And if Julian Edelman's not there, I wouldn't be shocked if James White leads the, pa- the Patriots in targets this week. I think they haven't used him because they haven't needed to use him. But this might be the week where they do finally need to unleash him. That's just my thought. Kayla, do you want to chime in on that before we get to the next game? Yeah,
2: I don't like James White this week. Sorry.
0: Thank you go. Uh, I know.
2: I you... out of these choices, I like Philip Dorsett or Tyrell Williams over uh, James White and DJ Shark. Just because White has been away from the team, I mean, I know it was only probably around a week just because um, he has a new member of his family. Congratulations. But um, he wasn't really doing a whole lot in opportunity games the first uh, two games of the year when they could have dumped the ball off. Um, he had a touchdown salvage day, I think, in week two, but he only had three carries and just minimal amount of targets. Um, but I like Tyrell Williams against Minnesota. I think um, even though are more of uh, Minnesota is more of a rushing team. Uh, this could help Tyrell Williams because if Dalvin Cook does some damage and they they continuously put on the touchdowns, because I don't think Oakland's defense is that great. Um, I think he becomes the second best option in their offense behind tight end Darren Waller. Um, and I think you know even though he might not be number one in targets on the team, um, Jared not Jared Goff, Derek Carr uh, really likes. Him in the passing game, he is the number one receiver for the team, as he should be. Um, I think Darren Waller has a big day, but I think Tyra Williams also is in for um, a good showing. So I think both of them have more chances to score and uh, more chances to get the football than James White does. And just the matchup with DJ Shark scares me. That's the only reason why I would pick those two guys over White and Shark.
0: Yeah, I agree because Chark does kind of seem like he's the number one target. It really is a matchup thing. Where again, I'm scared of him facing Chris Harris. Um, Tywell Williams has scored a touchdown every week so far, including last week against the Vikings, which is again he he was I think last week he was he saw a lot of Xavier Howard. So uh, to Derek Carr's credit, he didn't throw that way very often. Only had three targets. The Colts definitely don't have someone. I said Xavier Howard, didn't I? I meant Xavier Rhodes. Okay, Xavier like Rhodes. Uh, I, he is a good corner I just it, but so is so is Xavier now. I, I mean Xavier Rhodes Ugh. I've always confused those two those X names um, anyway uh, X name on that um, yeah I, I think uh, I mean if the touchdown touchdown trends continue certainly it's a better cornerback matchup than he than he had last week so another seven target game could be in store for Tyrell Williams so I do like the call again especially if Julian Edelman plays I think I, I really love James White if Julian Edelman's out but if, if not if Edelman plays, and he's healthy enough to play. I think they'll they'll pepper him with targets more than anybody. Uh, so yeah, we kind of referenced the Vikings a couple times. Let's actually talk about their game this week. So it's a NFC North divisional matchup: Vikings at Bears. Um, yeah, yeah. Bears. <laughs> both teams are two and one. Um, <laughs> and it's funny how the, the the Vikings have seemed to look better, but both yeah, they both two and one. They both lost the Packers. So that's, Good sign there for the Packers. Um, so coming into this game, I guess the injury to to, to be concerned about fantasy wise is Taylor Gabriel, wide receiver, is out, and he had a great game last week. And I, I wrote about that in my red zone report. He was the Bears' red zone weapon last week. He got, I think it was two carries inside the red zone, and he was targeted, and he, he was getting most of he the red zone touchdowns.
1: Weapon. That man was amazing.
0: And and I, again, it was it was David Montgomery that was the main red zone guy against the the Broncos. But now you, you play, a, now suddenly a Vikings, well, I guess a pass defense it's a little better than a run defense. So maybe this is another big David Montgomery game. Um, and I know it's funny how we, we transitioned from talking about James White, Philip Dorsett. Uh, Braden Holseek, the Kansas City Chiefs managing editor, he asked us all about that. Uh, if he would play David Montgomery, uh, James White, or what was his other option? I think it was Burkhead or Michelle. I think think it was Burkhead, and uh, I think we were all in agreement that David Montgomery, even though we didn't love the matchup against the Vikings, was bound to see more volume. Uh, He finally saw an increase in snaps. I know, Kayla, you referenced this, where the amount they used him, it didn't seem like he got a 20% increase in snaps, but he was out there more.
1: Kyle, I'd just like to point out while you're going through this, Mike Davis is in, Taylor Gabriel is out. Um, Well, I mean...
0: I'll just, that's like, true, just, yeah, Davis did practice fully, that's right, yeah. It wasn't yeah, injury-related either, so.
1: No, it was just personal. But, but again, Davis,
0: Davis played 2% of the snaps last week, so he's very quickly gotten phased out of this offense at the expense of, of David Montgomery's production, or David Montgomery's done it at the expense of Mike Davis. So I'm not, Davis being in, I'm not really concerned with that. They, they really clearly want to give the ball to Montgomery more, or at least have him out there more. So I think eventually the, the production's going to come, and we saw what Aaron Jones did against this defense a couple weeks ago. Um, Josh Jacob's not so great last week, but overall, I think the again, this is something I guess the direct comparison between two rookies, right? I know uh Jacobs and Montgomery were going really close to each other in in rookie drafts. I know Montgomery's been far more involved in the past game than Jacobs has, which isn't saying much because Montgomery hasn't got an abundance of targets, but Jacobs has had no involvement whatsoever or at least they're throwing the ball to Montgomery sometimes down the field, twenty yards. So I like him to kind of maybe be the thing that exploits that, uh, Trey Burton practiced fully on Wednesday, Thursday, he was fine. And then limited practice Friday. I don't know if they're doing that for rest, but he's questionable. Uh, certainly if he's gone over the middle target, suddenly that becomes more viable for a running back. Maybe even Tariq Cohen. Uh, I think he's, uh, in deep, deeper leagues in PPR leagues only though. I think Tariq Cohen's worth a flex, but I think Alan Robinson, even though he's playing a good, uh, corner, not Xavier Howard, but Xavier Rhodes, uh, I think he's worth playing. Um, and then with Taylor Gabriel out, I think Anthony Miller is finally going to get to start seeing the field more. He's only played in 52% of the sm- snaps each of the last two weeks. It seems like he's recovering well from his shoulder injury. So you got to expect this week's the week where he's finally going to be on the field maybe up to 70% of the time. So I, I kind of like this for Anthony Miller because he won't be, uh, you know, he won't have Xavier Rhodes on him. The Minnesota side, obviously Dalvin Cook. I'm pretty sure he's the running back one overall right now. So there's, there's no real chance of you benching him. Uh, yeah, running back one overall in half-point PPR. I think in full-point PPR, McCaffrey gets the edge. And I think even Eckler might as well. Oh, five? Yeah. Uh, should not. No, I think Cook actually, even in full-point PPR, Cook is still... It's RB2, Cook McCaffrey, Saquon, Kamara, for right now, obviously. Okay. So, anyway, uh, regardless, depending on format, Cook might maybe the RB1 right now overall. Again, depends on what your particular scoring settings are. You're not going to bench him, even in a tough matchup against the Bears. They've allowed the fourth fewest points to running backs. I know Aaron Jones kind of got limited. Philip Lindsay didn't have the greatest game, but. I think you still have to play Dalvin cook. He's he's, he's a much, he's a different tier of talent than those other running backs. And then, um, this is going to be tricky week for, for Thielen and Diggs. Uh, I, you kind of think that the way the Vikings want to win is with running and it's going to be tough to pass against the bears. Although it might be tough to run too. They may have no choice. I'd still play them, but it's don't, if you have other options that have great matchups and are less, uh, because that's what would have to happen. If, if you had either Thielen or Diggs, you took them in the third round. For you to bench them, it's going to be a lesser tier players. But if they had amazing matchups, I'd maybe try and avoid each of them. But you ha- I think you have to have a really good matchup to do that. Otherwise, I think you're going to play them in most cases, even though they haven't really been getting the production. Uh, Kyle Rudolph really hasn't gotten anything. If he gets a touchdown, that's great. But this is, it's the Bears' defense. This is probably not the week he's going to get a touchdown. I know Jimmy Graham managed to do that week one. Uh, but I'd I avoid Kyle Rudolph this week. Either of you want Kyle to chime Rudolph? in? Who's Kyle Rudolph? Well, yeah, exactly, right? He's, he's mythical as as the as Santa Claus himself. Look,
1: I, just going, I, I know I, I touched on the injury report before, but, I mean, here's the full report. Uh, Mike Davis is in. He fully practiced Friday. Taylor Gabriel is out. Akeem Hicks, he is going be out he's saying they're questionable for right now but he did not practice all week which is telling me that he may be out um and the backup or the guy on his side depending on if it's rotational i haven't really looked at it uh Bilal nichols he is out they're both dts um a panero was limited practice he may play um a jackson roy harrison roy robertson harris the um they, they were full practice on Friday. They are in. Trey Burton, he was in limited practice. He may be in. We will see about that. Um, and Kyle Long, their offensive lineman, he did not practice the last two days. He may be out. He's questionable right now. So, well, and
0: just to speak on Long, he practiced Wednesday, so this is something that's kind of new. Like he, It looked like he was fine Wednesday, and then suddenly those late di- don't did not practice. Those are the ones you really worry about because it, it means he aggravated something this week.
1: Exactly, and then like going over to the Viking side, uh, Josh Klein, their guard, is out with concussion. Um, Anthony Barr was full practice. I still hate him so much. <laughs> um, Mackenzie Alexander, he was full practice, but uh, so he may play. But uh, the Kendall brothers, Kentrell brothers, um, he is out. Uh, he did, he he's a fi- he's officially ruled out. Everyone another another else-
0: guy who practiced fully early in the week and then he aggravated an injury in it, its wrist slash hamstring so he might have been dealing with the, uh, one of the injury and then he aggravated the other one so
1: yeah he goes from full practice to limited practice to no practice so that's that's straight out but then everson griffin uh ben Gundin, and uh She-Ron, uh curse and shamar stepson all defense they are all in so this that's is defense. definitely
0: Getting Griffin back, I mean, not getting Griffin back, not having Griffin out is good for them. Um, actually, one thing I didn't mention the, the fantasy defenses for both these teams may actually be viable this week just because both offenses are kind of struggling and they both seem to want to run the football more and are, seem better at running than they are passing. So it could be a really low scoring, you know, good old fashioned defensive NFC North battle.
1: Honestly, I don't want to play on either team on offense. I don't care. I mean, th- these are really good defenses. You got Khalil Mack. And yeah, yeah, Jackson on the bear side versus Everson Griffin, and Xavier Rhodes and Harrison Smith on the Viking side. This is
2: <laughs> <laughs> again, you can't really,
0: defenses. you can't really afford to bench Dalvin cook. I wouldn't I entertain know. that idea, but I agree with you that it's not the, it's not the greatest matchup. It, you know, he might be, uh, come down from his pedestal that he's been on a little bit, but uh, you, you still have to play him again. It's the receivers though. I, I if, there's a good enough matchup elsewhere I, I may look to avoid Diggs or Thielen, but I think that'd be pretty tough to do. Kayla, wanna say anything or can we get to the Cowboys Saints game? Um
2: yeah, real quick. Um there's no way in hell I'm playing Stephon Diggs.
1: Um Get <laughs> 'em and- <Damn>, girl. <laughs>
2: Okay, so He had his he had nine targets last week, which was a season high. He had three receptions, and that was also his season high. So I don't know, maybe that's good that he had a season high in catches, but three catches on nine targets for 15 yards after he had another horrible week in week two and didn't show up in week one. There's no reason why I trust him. And most likely, if you took him in the third round, you're kicking yourself, but you took enough wide receivers in your draft or off the waiver wire that they have to be doing better in fantasy than he is. So, yeah, does it hurt that you got kicked in the gut because you took Stefan Diggs in the third round? Absolutely. But do you want to keep getting kicked in the gut because you continue to play him just because you took him in the third round? No. Sit him and play somebody else that you have because – there's no, nothing here that tells me that Diggs is going to get the football from Kirk Cousins. He's in the game plan. He might as well go sit with Kyle Rudolph in the stands
0: and watch the game. Well, think. Kyle Rudolph never sits on the stands. He's always out there. He just never gets targets. Um, but, I, I mean, and you're right. The only reason that he scored even half decently in, in week two is because he scored a touchdown. Uh, it was his only catch of the game. Uh, and I think it was seven targets that game, too. So his catch rate's been a missile this year. And again, this isn't the matchup for him to get right. I, I I know someone offered me a trade in one of my leagues. It's a dynasty league. Chris Carson for Stefan Diggs. I mean, I usually I'd see that and I take that in a heartbeat, right? But not this week. Uh, as much as I don't, I'm not crazy about the Seahawks matchup with the Cardinals, I think I want to wait a week. Once he's done playing the Bears, then I'll see if, if this person still wants to do this trade. But I, I, don't, I don't know that I'd want to play Diggs this week or trade to get him to play. So Alessandro, Cowboys at Saints.
1: Yay. Sorry, I'm not a fan of either team right now. But if I have to, I'm going Saints because everyone in the fantasy world needs to have a crashing reality that the Cowboys are not good. They just played really bad teams that have favorable matchups. I'm sorry, I had to say. In this in this instance, um, there's a lot of bad with the good. Um, Saints were able to pull something out. Um, don't know how they did it, but they were, <laughs> they were able to. Um they got the W over the Seahawks. Teddy Bridgewater, the backup uh, quarterback, he actually did some pretty good. Um, 177 yards, two touchdowns. He uh, ran three times for 12 yards, which isn't much, but um, definitely keeps a a defense on their toes. Um, Granted, this is against the Seahawks, who did have Ziggy in that one game. Um, So with Ziggy out again, who knows? But Teddy Bridgewater, 177, two touchdowns. No sacks, which is really good. Um, Alva Kamara seems to be the top target there. He got 10 targets um, received. He targeted 10 times, grabbed nine of them, 92 yards, and touchdown. Michael Thomas was targeted seven times, uh, grabbed five of them for a touchdown. Both One had 92 yards. The other one had 54 yards. So it's still the top two, Kamara, Thomas, Um Again, though, he is receiving a lot more targets now. He just needs to haul them in. And slash, Ted Bridgewater actually needs to be a little bit more accurate. But, um, I wouldn't play either. Taysom Hill is still that guy leaning there. I uh, I know Ted Bridgewater is the favorite, but, you know, they could throw Taysom Hill in for whatever reason, just because it's the Saints. Um, as far as, uh, them, they go, um, just uh, I it, it's gonna be an interesting game because this is a really good defense as far as the run stuff. Um they are in the bottom of the pile, as I said earlier, for passing. They've allowed three hundred and one point seven yards per game passing. Um which isn't good considering the um the um Cowboys are a lot lower. Uh but as far as the rushing, um they are better than the Cowboys. They've only allowed 102 rushing yards versus the Cowboys who've allowed 110. I know it's not fantastic, but when you got a couple of teams in the middle of both of them, like the Houston Texans, then Broncos, Jacksonville Jaguars, LA Chargers, it, it kind of starts stretching the field a little bit. So, um, they are better, a better, uh, run defense team than, um, the Cowboys are, but the Cowboys are a better passing uh, defense team. So it's probably going to be kind of like uh, what we saw Thursday night uh, against Packers and the Eagles. One's a run-stuff team, the other one's a pass-protection team, and they were able to like attack each other from different sides. Um, as far as uh, newsworthy, we don't have the Friday report, but Traquan Smith did not practice all week. Drew Brees is still out with his thumb, obviously. Uh their center uh will clap. He is in he's out. Their injury report, lewis says ha. H A ha. That's okay. Um and then they they have a couple of offensive linemen. Um uh, Terran Armstead, Larry Wolford. Uh they are um limited practice. Again, we don't have um Third Friday's practice, so we'll see. But the big names to look at, uh, Cameron Jordan, he is a full practice. Hopefully he didn't aggravate anything. Sheldon Rankin's is a limited practice so far, so we'll see how um, Friday comes, uh, and we'll see uh, how the Saints are. As far as the Cowboys go, again, we don't have Friday's practice, but just looking at it right now, uh, Antoine Woods, their DT, he did not practice both days I don't expect him to practice Friday um, Xavier Woods had an ankle injury he is her safety uh limit practice both days uh, it's not looking good Sean Lee the linebacker he was full practice the entire days um and then uh Michael Gallup again did not practice he's out with that injury uh, and then uh, mari cooper was listed as uh an ankle um he was limited practice both days. High makes me temper expectation with Mark Cooper, but uh, we will see again. I need Friday's uh, injury report. And then uh, Tavon Austin had a concussion. He is in limited practice, so um, we'll see how that goes. But uh, with the, all the weapons they have, I really don't care about Tavon Austin. But um, as far as who I want in this game, uh, Ted Bridgewater and Dak Prescott are pretty much in the same boat for me. Super flex leaks. This is going to be a defensively tough game for both of them. I'll take Kamara. I'll take Zeke, obviously, first rounder if you're going to play them. I'll take Thomas. Um, Maybe Amari Cooper. I'm not entirely sure. Like I said, I need Friday's practice report, but he's looking as a maybe for me. Possibly, yes. Um, on play. And um, honestly, both defenses for me in this game are viable. Um, they both are able to recover uh, fumbles and they barely fumble themselves. I mean, the only fumble they have between them is uh, Deontay Harris. Um, he's a rookie. Uh, so we'll see.
0: Uh, I actually kind of disagree. The one thing I would only disagree with is that uh, Dak Prescott has a tough matchup here. The thing with the receivers are for the Saints, they've allowed the third most fantasy points to wide receivers. And the most points to fantasy quarterbacks, and I know again with the receivers, DeAndre Hopkins smoked them. I think he scored twenty seven points, um, and the Rams receivers, they, you know, a couple of them got fifteen points. Tyler Lockett last week twenty six point nine points. So Marshawn Lattimore hasn't really been the same shutdown corner that he's used to. Again, we we expected something similar against Hopkins. I didn't expect Lattimore to win that matchup as enough to stop Hopkins, but. The fact that Tyler Lockett's doing that to him, that's really concerning. So I like playing Cooper and Prescott this week and certainly Zeke. Uh just because if the Saints get a lead and, and kind of finally force the, the Cowboys to not just, you know, run up run off the clock and really lead, it might force more targets towards a guy like uh Randall Cobb, maybe even Jason Witten. So I, I'd consider playing them. Uh Saints side, I think same thing. Maybe Ted Ginn becomes playable, especially if Traquan Smith is out again. I think that that just means more attention towards Ginn, who I think is third on the team in targets this year. Uh, Jared Cook has just been brutal at tight end, so I don't don't know that the changes this week. I'd certainly, uh, looking at the two tight ends here, I think I'd rather play Jason Witten just because he's getting red zone targets and has chances at touchdowns. Kayla, want to chime in?
2: Yes, my boy Jason Witten. Um, I would have loved to see him score last week against Miami, but I still think he's a solid uh, starting option this week. Like you guys said, Dallas doesn't have wide receiver Michael Gallup again, and New Orleans should be able to should put more pressure on loading the box for uh, running back Ezekiel Elliott and outside for wide receiver Amari Cooper. Um, I think this game could be high scoring for both teams, and Witten's addition should give Dallas quarterback Dak Prescott uh, a salad and a salad <laughs> hungry, a solid and favorable option. Um, I think Witten may be a clear starter for deeper leagues, but his consistency is promising, especially with the looks for touchdowns. Um, and the Saints, like we touched on earlier, also allowed Seattle tight end Will Disley to score a touchdown and haul in Holland, six catches for 62 yards last week, and that's in Witten's range.
1: I would I would just like to point out here, um, the Dolphins, Kaylee you're going to enjoy this. The Dolphins managed to put up what was it? Uh two hundred and eighty three yards against the cowboys, which is more than anyone ever predicted. granted the cowboys did run over the dolphins with a little over four hundred and eighty some odd yards in the second half in the second half um uh, the fact that the dolphins were able the fact that Josh Rosen, which everyone has made fun of, was able to drop two hundred yards on the cowboys shows me there's chinks in his armor and that we're actually starting to see the real Cowboys here. So against the new Orleans saints in the dome, no less, um, it's definitely going to be, a uh, a tougher matchup. And we're definitely going to see the real Cowboys team. If it's truly, you know, this elite team and everyone's calling out them, calling them out to be, um, we're definitely going to see it this week. I know Marshall Lamar has not been living up to his hype as much as possible, but, um, I would like to point out that uh, they are getting to the QB. There is three QB hits and a bunch more uh, passes deflected. So um, just keep that in mind when we go forward on this because it, it, it is going to be a high defensive game. Plus, Kyle, like you like it, it's inside the dome, so no wind. So uh, big day for kickers.
0: That's true. Yeah, I think Will Lutz is obviously a must-start at most weeks, anyway. But anytime they're in the dome, the one thing about the de- defense, though, is yeah, the pass rush is good. But I mean, the pass rush for the Packers had been great all year until they met a a great O-line like the Eagles. So I wonder if the Saints just haven't m- m- come close to ne- an offensive line nearly as good as what the what the Cowboys have. I know the Rams actually do have a pretty good unit, but they've also have a new starter at center and at I think left guard this year. So that line is still gelling and not quite there whereas this this Cowboys unit is solid. Again, I don't really have any fear in playing most of the Cowboys regular starters. But uh, I, I do understand your hesitation, Alessandro, because this this is, you're right, this is the mo- far by far the most difficult opponent they faced and we're actually looking forward to a good game with the Cowboys and let's see if these guys are real.
1: And and just one other thing, we all talk about how the uh O-line for the Se- Seahawks is a little bit dismal. Can you guys agree with that? Yeah. Um uh, Russell, uh, Yeah. I mean it's it, it's not it's not the greatest, but you know it's it still has its moments. Russell Wilson did not get sacked at all that game. Granted, he's the magic man.
2: And, yeah. Uh,
1: Danger us. He gets out of it, but he did not get sacked. And he but he did get sacked in the game before. The Dolphins okay. managed to sack D- Dax Prescott, which mm-hmm. again it, this one's true, for yeah. Kayla. This one's for Kayla. Uh, The fact that the Dolphins can get a sack on the the, uh, Dallas Cowboys means that there is a chink in the armor, and guess who got the sack?
2: Taco Charlton.
1: (laughs) Yep, Taco Charlton got a sack against his former (laughs) Cowboys. So uh, while the Dolphins, I'm not saying that they could not go 0-16, they did manage to chink at the Cowboy armor, so it's definitely going to be... Uh we're really we're gonna really gonna see the real Cowboys defense if, you know, they could bring something of a team together and fight, I should say.
0: That's just me. All right. I I guess I'm starting to understand your point about the defense being a little better. Maybe the maybe this game won't be as high as a shootout as I'm necessarily expecting. It has a forty seven point combined over under, which isn't the highest. I mean it's certainly the Chiefs Lions are higher at fifty five. There's a couple games that are forty eight points or more, so yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess it ends up being like, you know, Vegas is predicting the sixth or seventh most likely to be a big shootout. So maybe you're right. Maybe, uh, maybe don't, I still would have, find it hard to bench a lot of those Cowboys though. Maybe Randall Cobb is bench a
1: lot of Cowboys, but just temper expectations yeah. on, um, how much, how many points you think you're going to get.
0: And, and to your credit, you mentioned Teddy Bridgewater is a super flex option. I do like that. I mean, I know one decision I'm faced with is Kirk Cousins or Teddy Bridgewater. I got Kirk Cousins against the bears or Bridgewater against the Cowboys defense, I think I'm taking Bridgewater just because that matchup is a lot better. And I'm really scared. And the volume just hasn't been there for Kirk Cousins. Uh, So now let's look at the Monday night game. So before uh, we talk about that, I always just want to remind everyone to check out statementgames.com. Join our Monday night contest that uh, we sponsor every, every week this week, it's the Bengals Steelers game. So uh, if you enter and you place well throughout the season, then you have a chance to win merchandise from the full press coverage store through Design Tree. So head on to Statement Games and, and enter this particular game. Uh, so onto this game, Steelers-Bengals. Uh, just injuries to look out for. There's Vance McDonald at tight end. Now, because it's a Monday game, their injury reports are a day behind. So they've only done one day of practice with injury reports. Uh, McDonald didn't practice yesterday. We, they still haven't released Fridays yet uh joe hayden also didn't practice at cornerback and that's a little concerning so joe hayden being out i think if he he doesn't play i actually really like playing john ross in this matchup i was a little hesitant and i know we mentioned that before talking about we play him over tyrell williams or philip dorsett and i know for me the answer was no because of joe hayden if he's not there though that kind of sways things a little bit towards playing john ross so now i'm kind of more open to the idea of playing ross um vance mcdonald here's the thing if you took him high and you drafted him, especially late in the draft season, you probably took him as the only tight end. Maybe by now you have a backup. Uh, if not, um, and you want to wait for Monday night, I would then recommend picking up Nick Burnett. He just got signed, so it, you know, he still has to work with Mason Rudolph. And it may not be the greatest matchup, but if you really want to hold out hope for McDonald and he doesn't play, then you have Bennett who's going to slide right into his starter role at tight end. Um, otherwise, I think, I mean, I'm playing Juju, I think, play James Connor. Bengals have not been, uh, I mean, they've been really generous actually running back. They've allowed the second most fantasy points to running back and the Steelers have allowed the third most fantasy points to running back per game. So I think both running backs here become must plays. I certainly think just because of where they've gone in drafts that it it almost has that alone, but you have good matchups this week. I know last week I, I benched Joe, Joe Mixon, or considered benching him with the Bills, but that was an extremely difficult matchup, but I have no hesitation playing James Conner or, or Joe Mixon, Deontay Johnson starting to see the field a little more for the uh, for the the uh, sorry for the, car, uh, the Steelers, so he may end up being a good play against the Bengals. Um, I don't know that they really have anyone there to cover even Juju, let alone a second guy like like Deontay Johnson. So I uh, I I'd, I'd playing Johnson in a couple spots this week. Uh, deeper Bengals players, obviously Tyler Boyd's a play. Uh... The tight end landscape, the way it is, Tyler Eifert becomes a decent play. He's getting red zone looks. Uh, I think through through um, two, I think, I I guess through through two weeks, uh, three weeks of the season. uh, Red zone targets wise, no Bengals player has more than two, and that's Tyler Boyd and Tyler Eifert. So there's, so Dalton is spreading it around there. So maybe that's less concentration for Eifert, but you gotta think he's still the best red zone weapon. So I think a touch as a touchdown dependent tight end, this could be a decent matchup. Uh, Steelers haven't really been that stout against tight ends. They're, it's middle of the pack. They've allowed the 14th most. So it could be, you know, it's, it's definitely not the Cardinals, that's for sure. But uh, there are worse matchups. You guys want to chime in on Monday night? Sure. I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting.
1: It's the Rudolph show. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. All right. um, I think this is where the Steelers get their fourth L. And the Bengals get their first L. Hot take here.
0: Um, their first their W, first, I mean. Right?
1: Yeah, first W. I mean, can we give them both Ls and just move on?
0: <laughs> I guess they could tie. We've seen NFC North ties before early in the season.
1: We have. But, um, yeah, it's Rudolph coming in. He's been sacked a little bit behind the steel wall. He's throwing interceptions. He's looking like a true rookie. But he's been making some good. He's been slicing up. Uh, He sliced up the 49ers' Um. Defense, just enough to where I bring him back, but not enough to win it. James Conner has yet to really fulfill himself. I mean, that O line with Le'Veon is just—it was phenomenal. You know, Le'Veon was the highest yards per scrimmage, and now everyone's saying they don't need Le'Veon. It's fine; they could do this on their own. You're looking at James Conner, 13 carries, 43 yards. What what happened to the O line? Either the O line broke down, or Le'Veon's just that good. That Everyone decided to dismiss him.
0: And then, well, I think a I, lot of that, a lot of that came from Connor doing so well last year, because he was he was a, a he was I think a top four running back for most of the year, and then he got hurt. So then that sort of took that out. And, you know, I think he still finishes an RB one though. Certainly finishes an RB two.
1: Yeah, I mean, he could come back as a bounce back game. This is the Bengals we are talking about, which <laughs> you know, they did hurt. But here's the, here's the thing. I mean, if you can't do this and this has been multiple weeks that this has been happening where he's been having less yardage i mean it's it's they don't have the vertical game with big ben and ab there you know just you know stretching the field and making the defense think about it i get it but you know juju's still there and he's been putting up some good points three receptions off of seven targets most of those misses were of because of rudolph because he wasn't placing the ball right but they still got 81 yards, one touchdown. So, and like you said with Vance McDonald, he's hurt. So they got the guy from Seattle in. I'm not entirely sure they're going to play him, but we'll find out on that. Um, because uh, like you said, it's a Monday night game. So maybe, maybe not. We'll see. But like, it's just, it's been bad. And there's been a lot of fumbles. Connor fumbled and lost it. Rudolph fumbled, yeah. but he didn't lose it. Um, and then the opposite side of the ball, T.J. Watt and Devin Bush have recovered fumbles. I mean, the fumbles hurt both in the game and in fantasy. And um, I don't know, man. It's, just, it's tough for the Steelers right now. They're not looking too great. And then, But, I mean, the Bengals are not that great either. Andy Dalton's still been good. He's saying that I'm not losing my job to Ryan Finley anytime yeah. soon. Putting up massive yardage. But he's also throwing interceptions. Throwing interceptions... And the guys that he's throwing the ball to, John Ross, Austin Tate, they are losing the ball. They're fumbling. And I don't know, man. It it still hurts. It hurts a lot. I mean, Joe Mixon, he's been coming back, 15 carries, 60 yards. No touchdowns, but, hey, he's been coming back. So, honestly, I think this is where the Steelers get their fourth L and the Bengals get their first W.
0: So I'm not as convinced because, I mean, like, let's look at last week. The 49ers have one of the best pass rushes in the, in the league. Their defense has been so great. Uh, Football Outsiders has uh, something called DVOA, which is defense-adjusted value over average, and basically is just showing a play-to-play efficiency for each defense uh, and how efficient they are both run and pass. Right now, through three weeks, the 49ers have the second-highest pass DVOA in the league. The Patriots the only team with a better pass uh, efficiency in, against pass defense. The Bengals are ninth-worst. So the Steelers are definitely getting a much better matchup than what they faced last week. So I definitely expect Rudolph to, to play much better than he did in his first start. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be afraid to play him even in, in Superflex leagues. And Dalton, too. I, I, now, the thing with Dalton is, this is really narrative, but the primetime game Dalton is real. So that's why I don't think Bengals are going to win this game. They 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 choke in the primetime. Uh, and I know it's a new coaching staff, new culture, but it's, I don't know, <laughs> it hasn't looked good for the Bengals this year. So I, I think... On the road, I think the Steelers are going to finally... At home, sorry, the Steelers at, you know, at home are finally going to get their first win, and it's going to be an 0-4 start for the Bengals, but I suppose we'll see, Alessandro. I mean, look, they, they played the Bills, and where are the Bills in DOVA? Oh, they're four, fourth-best run uh, pass defense. A little yeah. less on run. They're, about, they're actually below average in run, strangely. Wow, that is strange. Look, yeah,
1: the, the Bills were good, and then you look at the, uh, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, and you see... What they went through last week against the 49ers. I mean, look, I'm not saying, I'm giving you a hot take here. I'm not saying that this is really going to happen. I'm just saying it could be a hot take. But, like, don't forget, the Bengals did intercept the Bills, um, Josh Allen. It's not saying a whole
0: lot. But, But, I mean, (laughs) I was going to say, Josh Allen likes to throw his interceptions.
1: But there's been a lot of fumbles, there's been a lot of interceptions. Yeah, Yeah, there's definitely some. And so it it could be anyone's game, and I'm thinking it's going to be the um, Bengals. Obviously, everyone's still favoring Pittsburgh, but, look,
0: at this point, we'll see. Kayla? Kayla? uh, uh, I know uh, we're we're fantasy, not necessarily game-picking, but uh, who do you think is going to win this game?
2: Um, I think it's going to be Pittsburgh. Um, I think... There was some showing last week that they're kind of starting to move away from wide receiver Dante Moncrief, which could not help them more. Um, I think uh, James Conner has a good matchup this week. I think this could be his most successful game of the year so far. I hope it is from my standpoint, because I have him in all of my leagues. Um, so I'm just personally rooting for that one. But I do think it's a good matchup, not thrown in any bias there. Um I also think that Juju could have a breakout game. I think it's coming. Um, even if Andy Dalton, like you guys said, is bad in primetime, <laughs> which he is, uh, I think just the way the defenses aren't necessarily all together could give opportunities for both teams to be successful in the passing game. Um, so I like y'all's call with the different receivers on the teams. Um, I think it's going to be a good game personally, even though both teams are 0-3. Um, it's either going to be high scoring because their defenses are bad, which you know I like when teams score points, or it's going to be a hard-fought game because of whatever the factors are. So um, I'm interested to tune into it for sure.
0: Alright, um, I, I do like the call that Dalton is playable in, in fantasy, uh, but looking at a guy like Gardner Minshew, for instance, I'd, I think I'd rather play Dalton if that's my choice at QB2. So there's definitely worse matchups than, than playing Dalton. It's just he's, he's got such a poor track record in games that really matter. Um, again, they're o, they're zero in three, so I don't know how much this game actually matters. Maybe maybe the maybe the the lack of pressure on him this season may actually help him in this game, but uh, I guess we'll find out. So briefly, just want to talk about the Thursday night game. I don't. I mean, I don't really want to talk want to talk about it, but uh, <laughs> Packers lost. A really tight, closely contested game, uh, and once again, it does. You know, the further we get away from that Week One, the further, it seems like the Packers' run defense in Week One against the Bears is an anomaly. They've just been uh, gutted. Uh, I, just wrote my article today on the game recap of, of last night's contest against the Eagles. And uh, p- one of the things I talk about is uh, over the last three weeks, the Packers have allowed over 520 rushing yards, 5.3 yards a carry, and five touchdowns. No high fives for the Packers' defense, at least in the run game. Uh, and I don't know that any help's in sight, really. it's it's uh, I think it's a talent thing at that linebacker spot. I know B.J. Goodson started to play a bit more in this game. They did use a lot of five defensive backs and six defensive backs, so for a lot of times... Martinez was out there alone and if if Martinez didn't pick the right gap to be in and like clean up the play it was a big run into the second level uh the only difference this week then that wasn't there against the Vikings is Dalvin Cook had that massive run where he went for 75 yards where Darnold Savage kind of missed the tackle uh it almost happened in this game I Sanders was a broke past everyone and got to the second level and like he he only had Savage to beat and Savage managed to get the tackle and keep him down so it's good on the rookie that he's looked so good um to kind of fear for the rookie drop but uh all to say future wise target running backs against the packers defense i know i started the uh i have jordan howard in one spot and i I made sure to start him and uh, obviously he scored three touchdowns so it, it you know the eagles really dominated that game on the ground even miles sanders did well he also had a 66 yard uh kickoff return uh carson wentz got the touchdown um and uh i think just one touchdown right Oh no, he had three touchdowns. What am I talking about? Yeah, yeah, that's right. The, yeah, he had one touchdown going into the half. The one to Alshon Jeffrey, and then he threw a pass to Goddard, and then another pass to Jordan Howard, who had a three touchdown game, as I mentioned, two rushing, one receiving. It's it's actually Howard's first receiving touchdown of the year. Seems like he always has his best receiving games against the Packers. I think last year he ended up with I think fifteen receptions, and I think about six or seven of them came in the two games against the Packers. It's it's usually how it goes with him. Um, Zach Ertz targeted eight times caught seven for 65 Jeffrey nine targets but uh, was covered by Kevin King actually pretty well most of the night in fact his, his, his touchdown catch came when Jair Alexander was covering him so uh, start, it's really the only weakness Alexander has he's a great corner but he's 5'10 so those receivers that are taller can kind of tower over him and get catches so uh, that's something to look out for in the, in the future when a number one receiver playing the Packers is sort of bigger in stature you might be more inclined to play them than not play them uh, and again, tight end. I mean, Goddard got the touchdown, and Ertz did all right, but I think tight ends are good plays against the Packers here on out. And then I know I talked about maybe being hesitant of Nelson Aguilar. I didn't think he'd get zero catches, but uh, that's what ended up happening. At one target, um, they just shut him out completely, as I, I thought what might happen, that Trayvon Williams might just, as a nickel corner, just cover him well the, the whole time and not let him get open or get anything. So uh, poor performance from Aguilar, a little not necessarily unexpected maybe the magnitude of how poor it was was unexpected and as i mentioned Alessandre, and I, I think you're gonna give some blowback on me because he's hurt now but i told you not to trade adams wait for this big game against the eagles 180 yards on 10 catches 15 tar- targets this again this is the game we were waiting for unfortunately adams left with an injury looks like he has turf toe so he could miss a couple weeks uh, we'll have to obviously monitor that and see jimmy graham started getting targeted late nine targets six catches 61 yards and a touchdown the scantling with seven targets. Only caught three of them, though. A little disappointing. Allison found the the end zone again. Uh, Finally started getting passes beyond the line of scrimmage, which I've been kind of calling for. He's seen, like, one entering this game, and he scored a touchdown on it. Uh, Four targets, three catches, 52 yards, and a score. Quarterback comparison. Rodgers ran 34 for 53, 422 yards, two TDs, one INT, and one fumble that he lost. Uh, Wentz. Again, he didn't really have to do much. 160 yards passing, 16 for 27, so decently efficient. Three touchdowns, though, and that's really what made his fantasy day. A couple QB sneaks, he ended up with 13 yards rushing. Rodgers actually led the Packers in rushing with 46 yards. Aaron Jones ran 21 times for a touchdown. Uh, Jamal uh, Jamal Williams left the game with an injury after making a a catch. Just on a screen pass for no gain. He got hit in the helmet and left with what I would assume is a concussion uh um,
1: carted off the field man yeah,
2: there's was,
0: there was two players carted off and uh not to not to that to like i guess complain about this but man the eagles are dirty like there's a lot of helmet to helmet hits and they're really leading with their helmets i know uh uh they got flagged on the, the one on williams but there was a couple other times where they kind of got away with stuff it's uh kind of getting a little dirty i, I kind of see why, why cowboys fans complain so much the Cowboys fans Other than, than the fact that they're, they're just Cowboys fans and they always complain about everything. Yeah, there you go. Sorry, Cowboys fans who listen to this that we just alienated. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, any takeaways from this game? Kayla?
2: <laughs> yeah, Um. so... She has to
0: leave. Oh, yeah, I'm like, that Nelson
2: Aguilar performed so poorly. Um, I'm not surprised he busted. I actually had him as one of my top three uh, sits this week, um, because looking at his stats, yes, he had eight catches in both of the last two weeks when Alshon Jeffrey was not in, but the first week he only had two catches on five targets when Jeffrey was in, and even though um, Jeffrey came back this week, uh, I thought that was a little early, but he looked to be 100% to me. Um, and I knew that was going to cut into his carries. I predicted that he wouldn't have more than five catches. I'm surprised he had none, um, but I'm not surprised that he performed so poorly. Um, to go off of what you said with the Eagles playing dirty, uh, the hit on Jamal Williams is unacceptable. Um, if you're the NFL Players Association, how do you go into work knowing that your guys are being literally targeted? Um, he, I forget who hit him, but he should have been ejected from the game and he should have been fined. And I'm really upset by that just because of the amount of concussions I've had and the amount of team sports I've had where everybody has always had each other's backs. I can't think of a personal time when, you know, someone cheered because somebody on my team got injured or somebody cheered because we didn't have to play against somebody on another team that, you know, was out due to injury. So I'm disgusted by the Players Association that they continue to come into work and they don't, you know, talk amongst themselves, if anything, to make changes and make sure that people like that know that that's not okay. Um, That's something that needs to change for sure. I know that was kind of a a soapbox, but that hit really pissed me off. Um, I even stopped watching the game for a little bit because I couldn't understand why, you know, that was called. But, you know, something as as minor as a holding call, you know, they make a whole big deal about it. So, um, yeah, those are my takeaways from the game.
0: I mean, he was and Derek Barnett, they did get a 15-yard flag, and it, it helped that drive. I mean, they obviously went and scored. <laughs> that drive was more, though, that was Devontae Adams just being wide open all the time and no one on the Eagles being able to cover him. But, yeah, I, I know on the broadcast they were talking, is there potential for him to get ejected for that hit? And I wouldn't have been opposed to that. Just because it, it, I mean, it was clearly late. He was clearly stood up and stopping. And then you just came in, led with your helmet, went right for his helmet. Uh, I know on the, that was the very first play of scrimmage for the Packers. On the kickoff return on Darius Shepard, the exact same thing. Um, You know, to his mistake, he didn't call a fair catch, which, and he really should have, but then came in right away, helmet to helmet. And he was fine. He continued to play. But then he actually, I'm not sure if he was fine. Because then um, they started to give uh, kickoff, Return duties to uh Traymond Smith, so I wonder they they didn't mention anything during the game during the broadcast, but I wonder if uh Darius Shepard is not hundred percent after that hit so uh that was one of the ones that they got away with uh on the special teams right there so uh and I mean Kayla's talking about how pissed off she is I'm the Packers fan here, and i know I know I was not very happy with them i I'm happy to see the flag on the Williams one, but you certainly never want to see any player get carted off i mean uh, Ante, uh, Avante Maddox, the cornerback for the Eagles, he got carted off late in the game. It, it was a hit from his own teammate. That's that's how bad they were hitting each other. Like you are hitting each, like hitting their own teammates hard and knocking each other out. So I don't know. I, as much as I I want to blame Derek Barnett, I think that was just the way they've been coached. So that's kind of more on Jim Schwartz. Like I don't want to not calling him Greg Williams, but it's I wonder if that's there's a bit of element of that where they're they're being too aggressive. So. I think the NFL should kind of look into that a little bit more with the Eagles. I, I, I'd have to go back and see their other games to know if that's a trend or if that's just they just decided to do it this week. Uh, but yeah, uh, thanks a lot, Eagles. I hope you enjoy your win. Uh, anyway, yeah. I think uh, yeah, this, this episode ended with a lot of negativity. Alessandro, you want to talk something positive?
1: <laughs> I, mean, I was just going to talk about the game. Like, Yeah, I will say on Barnett hitting him, it, it, it wasn't cool. I mean... It really wasn't. The guy was getting stopped. He was just toe tapping for a couple extra inches. You didn't have to come in and hit him. But, like, damn. Like, damn. He used to. I mean, look. It sucks. It really does when you lose a game. But um, as far as hard hitting, you complained about um, Greg Williams, which is my DC, being hard hitting. The only hard-hitting guy I got in my uh, Jets defense is Jamal Adams. When he hits you... I-, I was thinking more his
0: you. tenure with the Saints than anything, but... Okay. That was a long time ago. Let's move on. <sighs> okay. I will. Now, well, I will now, because now I'm, now I'm not going to target Greg Williams anymore. Now I'm going to go after Jim Schwartz. Go for it. Um, dead, of course, former Lions head coach, of course I'd love to go after Jim Schwartz. Get him. Um, Schwartz. <laughs> one with the Schwartz.
1: No, um... As far as this game goes, there were some good things that came out of it. Um, we know that Jordan Howard is not totally fancy relevant. And as far as Devontae Adams goes, um, you were right, and I was right. I mean, you were right because he got the yardage and the production. I was right because how many touchdowns do you have? Zero. Nine.
0: Nine. Um, Hey, hey, in full-point PPR, he had 28 points. So, touchdown or not, that's still a great fantasy day. And, um, yeah, that's true. That's I'd true. like to see where he ends up in the week.
2: He, he Even really half-point PPR,
0: it's 23 points. He's, he's probably going to finish as a wide receiver one without scoring a touchdown, and that's that's what you want because touchdown's kind of fickle. I know he's had the reputation of being a, a touchdown machine, but he really hasn't this year, so there's some concern there, obviously. And, obviously, more concern about his foot injury, to be honest.
1: Oh, yeah, that's definitely going to loan him. But as far as guys go... I mean, I, I, how the hell can I trust Zach Ertz to be the top three when Dallas Art just decides that I'm gonna come in here, on my two catches, grab 16 yards and a touchdown? Screw you, Zach Ertz. Come on, why would you do that? Just give Ertz the f***ing ball. Let's have a nice day about it.
0: He, um, he, I mean, in half point PPR, he scored double digit points. Exactly 10 points in half point. PPR, uh, 13.5 points It doesn't, and four that doesn't points.
1: help me when the guy I'm playing has you're right, Howard you're right.
0: and it's 29.5 points. You are right that we you know, we should expect more. But, I mean, just because of how fickle tight ends are, 10 points in a half-point PPR might be enough to be a tight end one. Just saying. We'll see. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, I know we overreacted a little bit to Leonard Fournette's performance last week, and he ended up as an RB2. So uh, just some weeks, things are higher scoring, and the thresholds uh, for certain positions are higher than others.
1: Well, uh, the the thing that, take as far as defenses, if you want to take away, is, is the Packers cannot protect against the run. The nope. Eagles cannot nope. protect against the pass. <laughs> <Nope. laughs> so um, those are your positives there. If you're playing against them, lean heavily on wide receivers for the Eagles. If you're playing the Packers, lean heavily on running backs.
0: And I will say Aaron Jones with this touchdown actually made it worth it playing. I know I played Marquez Valdez-Scanling over Aaron Jones, and that was a mistake. So I may lose this week because of that decision. So <laughs> Again, our usual instinct to flex running backs obviously would have served me well here. So not, not to say you can't both. play running backs against the Eagles. You, you can. Uh, anyway, uh, any comments to end with before, uh, before we go on our way and enjoy our weekends? Uh, free
1: agent running back Jay Ajayi has informed all 32 teams that he is ready for action and he's fully recovered, cleared by doctors from his ACL sorry, surgery
0: sorry. sorry that just that doesn't seem like news right I mean I, <laughs> I don't know why you have to publicly say that I'm sure he's mentioned it before <laughs> this just seems like a desperate plea to please pick me please pick me I, I almost wonder if we'll see him in the CFL next year
2: go back to Miami
0: <laughs> Man, maybe probably look better than Kalen Ballage. Just stay out of the AFC East. Kenyan AFC Drake, North.
1: who
0: cares? <laughs> I know, I'm still a Kenyan Drake truther. I can't I can't quit him yet.
2: Uh, on, Although, at this point, I'm
0: hoping he gets traded, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, that's just me. Me
2: too.
0: I know, I've <laughs> seen your tweets. <laughs> so
1: hateful.
0: Anyway, be sure to check out uh, Alessandro and I on Sunday morning. Uh, We're going to be going on SportsCast around 11. We're going to talk about some sit-start decisions, so be sure to send them in. I know, again, we've already talked about one we've had today. We revisit that uh, with the information we receive by Sunday morning. So we'll be on 11 a.m. Eastern till about 12.30 or so. Uh, We go through some sit-start decisions, and then we'll talk about the actives and active reports as they come out and how that affects the players we're picking and maybe teams with surprising actives, which players to suddenly go pick up and and start this week even, and uh, maybe some good DFS plays as well. Uh, so, Kayla, any final words that you want to say before uh, before week four begins?
2: I hope the Dolphins get the biggest upset of the week with all these all these Charger injuries. I have a little bit of hope now. Probably Alessandra's fault that I'll be crying on Sunday, but it's okay.
0: <laughs> One in fifteen. Let's go, Kayla. Woo! <laughs> I, I know I have this. I, I picked the Chargers in my survivor pool this week and ah, just with these injuries and the Chargers kind of have this history of choking these games, some of these games that they should win, they just kind of don't. So I, I wonder if this is maybe a week where I deviate from from that and I go with a different team I'll have to kind of see who I have left to pick from and who I want to save till the end of the year. Uh, wait, where the go with the Jets in your
1: survivor pool. <laughs> they're, they're facing BYE this week.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think i can (laughs) um yeah, that bye team man what are they a college team or something like those guys never do good i know right good defense though i mean they always hold opponents to zero but uh anyway um enough of that silliness uh so thank you all for listening to the full press fantasy pod this was the part two of our week four preview uh be sure to follow the podcast on twitter at fpc underscore fantasy pod you can also follow your hosts: Kayla Morton at MortonSalt seventy four, Alessandro Senator at A M underscore Senator, and myself Kyle Senra at Nyama underscore uh, K S. Also, be sure to check out the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe, rate, review. We appreciate all that. And as always, be sure to check out the Full Press Radio Network as well. you are syndicated on on that, and it's streaming twenty four seven with various podcasts and episodes from not only the Full Press Coverage family but outside as well. Uh and as I mentioned before, be sure to join our Statement Games contest on statementgames.com. Look for the full press coverage fantasy sponsored contest, the Bengals versus Steelers game for Monday Night Football. So on behalf of my co-hosts, Alessandro and Kayla, once again, my name is Kyle Senra, and this is the Full Press Fantasy Podcast.